This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast, a podcast with a worldwide listenership that explores the broad world of preservation from every angle, from drones to mudlarking and everything in between. Now, let's get preserving. Once upon a time, in 1955 to be exact, the Enchanted Forest, a nursery-rhymed-themed amusement park, opened in Ellicott City, Maryland. On this week's PreserveCast, we're looking at how Howard Adler and his team at Adler Display helped to bring the vision of the Enchanted Forest to life. We'll be talking with Ron Adler, Howard's son and the current president of Adler Display, about his father's legacy and the history of this company. This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast. Today, we're excited to be joined by Ron Adler, who is uh, the president and senior account executive at Adler Displays. Um, and we're going to be talking um, uh, about the work that they do and some of the iconic projects that they've worked on across the state of Maryland that today are, are historic in their own right and the work that they do now. Um, but before we jump into all of that, Ron, um, we're going to talk about you and the family legacy and uh, the cool things that you've worked on, including, of course, the Enchanted Forest. Um, but where'd you grow up, and how, how do you get into the display business? We've done over 235 episodes of PreserveCast. I don't know if we've talked to a, a, a display um, executive yet. So talk to me a little bit about that and how, how this all came about. Yes, uh, we're very rare uh, display executives, but... <laughs> um, my father, Howard Adler, started the company in 1937, and uh, I was born in 1956, and ever since I was a kid, I had been around. Um, my father would bring me in on weekends, Saturdays, and um, I would be back in the shop making a mess. And um, But uh, many summers, I worked in the business and uh, really enjoyed working with my father. I was very fortunate to have many years together. So, uh, well, first off, where where'd you grow up? Just because people listen from all across the country. So kind of put it in context. And then also talk to us about like, I'm curious about the early history. So that I mean, that's that's a that's really early on 1937. It's almost you're coming up on nearly 90 years. Um, what what kind of work was he doing early on? So so where'd you grow up? And then talk to us about the early days of this company. Sure. I grew up in Baltimore County um, in Pikesville. And uh, the business was in Baltimore City, um, downtown Baltimore City, for many years. And um, my father's, he was in the Army during World War II, um, actually hand lettering. He was an amazing uh, brush lettering and, and speedball lettering, both lost arts, um, and would uh, letter uh, planes and bombers. Um, with uh names and also illustrations and he uh he did a lot of recruiting posters for the army back then and that's how he got his start um came back to to baltimore worked with uh actually in his mother's attic she had a uh a clothing store on preston street um now the state office buildings and uh, he was in our attic, uh, hand lettering signs for Reed Drug Stores, if you remember those, them. Mm-hmm. And uh, did department store windows and bank windows, um, displays. And that's when he got into uh, the sculpture of uh, sculpting Thomas Edison, um, 
and a little saying that went along with it, you know, Ben Franklin or any of the um, icons. And um, he had a, um, actually a, a sculptor, um, Basil came on board, who for Russian immigrant, who uh, was a very talented uh, sculptor who did a lot of the early paper mache figures and with chicken wire and then paper mache over that for uh, for the store windows. So when you say displays, when people are thinking of displays, it's all I mean, it's sort of everything under the sun. It's museums. It's I guess early on, it was a lot of like, you know, you said drugstores, stuff like that. But I'm guessing like Christmas displays. Is that yes. something that was done? Yeah. Richard uh, Hoshel Cones down, downtown had a an amazing uh, display outside that my father did uh, for Christmas time, large giant Christmas trees made out of fiberglass. And uh, he did a lot of the, uh, the buildings downtown, the lobby displays for Christmas. And that was, um, yeah, a big part of his business. And I'm curious, do you have, um, do you have, uh, um, nowadays, did you have pictures of the? You you kind of mentioned it. These planes that he, um, that he he illustrate you know illustrated on and and put names on and stuff like that. Have you ever come across one of the ones that he actually did? I'm just curious. I remember seeing photos as a kid. I, unfortunately, we had a uh, large fire in uh, 1975. The building um, he was on uh, Washington Boulevard and Melvin Drive and. Uh, Unfortunately, the building burned to the ground and uh, lost a lot of the photos and a lot of the sculptures. That's that tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's now a playground. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just fascinating. We've talked about this for a long time. And I think people, particularly people who are sort of nostalgic for these old displays and stuff like that, would find all of this interesting. I mean, did they, and I'm also curious because we have sort of this larger audience beyond Maryland. Did Adler end up starting to go regional? Like, would you, did you reach out? I presume you went out beyond Baltimore and now people can't see this, but you've got a map of the world behind you. I don't know if that's uh, Adler's, uh, you know, plans for (laughs) global expansion there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, is, you know, talk, I'm just curious, like how, how big the company got, and then we're going to talk about Enchanted Forest, but uh, you know, what was the scale and scope in these sort of these early days? And then as it, as it grew through the mid 20th century? Well, in the early days, well, he, of course, um, Enchanted Forest, and he uh, also created Frontier Town and Ocean City. Hmm. Um, I think it was, it was pretty regional um, back then in, you know, the, the surrounding states and DC certainly um, was a. So, Let's talk about the Enchanted Forest. So people who aren't familiar, we'll put a link in the notes. We interviewed years ago Marcia, uh, or Mar- excuse me, Martha Clark, who is the current owner of it at Clark's Elliot Farm. And, and so kind of buried the lead here. It doesn't exist where it previously did, but a lot of it has been mm-hmm. saved. Um, so it's a nursery rhyme themed amusement park opened near Ellicott City back in 1955. So for those who aren't familiar with it, haven't listened to that episode, paint us a picture, walk us through it as if you're seeing it. And, and we'll talk then about how your your dad got involved. Um, but talk to us a little bit about sort of paint the picture of what the Enchanted Forest is. Gosh, um, it was mainly a Mother Goose nursery rhymes brought to life um, in 3D. And uh, all the way from you walk into a 
a castle um, with the the introduction, of course, a gift shop and and um, and a restaurant, and then walking through um, the grounds, running to uh, the the three pigs and uh, and uh, crooked house and uh, um, other mother goose uh, nursery rhymes brought to life. The woman in the old shoe and um, was quite a quite an immersion into uh into that world and this is sort of like this golden age of theme parks i mean this was pretty small but i mean this was people were going to places like this this is when disney and others are beginning to open up and so this is sort of this smaller version of it how did your dad get involved who were the owners behind this how did how did he kind of get into building out this this place sure um well, actually, it was uh, Howard Harrison who um, uh, dreamed about this this project. He had, and and the owner um, he had a it was called the Belgian Village Motel um, in the area that uh, he had themed some of the rooms. One was um, um, a candy maker's sh- shop in one of the rooms, or a, um, a shoemaker um, cobbler. Um, in another room. So he dreamed up the idea and approached my father um, with that. And uh, that was the beginning of the, of the Enchanted Forest. And had he done anything at this scale before? And there, there'll be pictures and links in the show notes for people to see all of this. But had he done exhibits and displays of this scale? And talk to us about the construction. I think people who are you know, the, the, the preservation construction people listening would be curious how this stuff was actually built. It's, it's pretty fascinating. And it's amazing that it's survived given what it was built out of. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, well, no, my father, this was by far the, the largest project my father took on. And, uh, he was, uh, obviously up for the task, but, uh, um, of course, especially new was the construction of the, of the buildings, the, uh, <laughs> One challenge was the uh, crooked house that uh, one carpenter who was trying to build it uh, walked off the job and <laughs> had to find uh, someone who could, you know, build a house that this, the corners weren't our square or, or level um, was was one of the big challenges. But uh, he uh, had a great crew of, of designers. Well, he was he did most of the design work. He designed everything himself as far as sketching the displays before they were you know, built by our, uh, craftsmen. And, uh, and back then they, it was, the figures were all again, paper mache over chicken wire with, uh, uh, steel structure behind under it. And then back then they used elastic, which was a, a fabric that was dipped in acetone that coated the paper mache to make it waterproof. So it was sort of like a predecessor to fiberglass. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so that's how it survived. And then, I mean, so did he, did he have a, a favorite piece of those that he put together out there? Well, um, one thing I always remember as a kid, if he would go into, he went into a lot of, uh, classrooms and, uh, talked to the kids and, you know, showed them slides of, of these hand of forest. And one of his favorite pieces was showing them the, uh, the woman in the shoe and the shoelaces 
you know, and have him guess what it's made out of, which was a, a fire hose. Um, he loved He's telling very, that story. Yes. Very, very creative in that way. And so, you know, this is built in the 50s. Um, Ellicott City, there's just an explosion of growth in, in that part of the state, like there was <laughs> everywhere in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And these these structures, you know, eventually, actually, the, the place now is a, a grocery store. I think it's like a giant or something like that. Were you involved in rescuing them? Was your dad around to see them preserved and sort of saved? Or how did that... Because I think for, as a preservation podcast, people are interested in that component. They were almost lost, and now they've yes. moved to a new site. Um, were you part of that process as well? No, unfortunately not. My um, my father had passed away before um, Martha Clark got involved, and she did an amazing job um, preserving a lot of the displays and get, putting it in her petting zoo um, that... Uh, that she had not far from there. So why don't we take a quick break here, come back and then talk about other things your your dad and Adler's worked on and what you guys work on now. So people who are listening and maybe needed an exhibit or a display, uh, can get a sense for the cool stuff that you're working on. And uh, we'll do that right here on PreserveCast. Historic preservation can't happen without skilled tradespeople to perform the work. And there's a critical need right now for those tradespeople. The Campaign for Historic Trades, powered by Preservation Maryland, is working to meet that need by strengthening apprenticeship opportunities within historic trades. In partnership with the National Park Service's Historic Preservation Training Center and Conservation Legacy, the campaign is currently recruiting for NPS Traditional Trades Apprenticeship Program, or TTAP. TTAP is an intensive 20-week apprenticeship that provides young adults the chance to learn historic trade skills while working on America's most iconic historic sites. Multiple positions are open for the 2022 season at national parks across the country. Visit historictrades.org for more information on TTAP and how to apply today. This is Nick Redding. You're listening to PreserveCast. Today, we're joined by Ron Adler. We've been talking with him all about this legacy company that has been involved in so many different cool projects, historic and iconic places around the state of Maryland, uh, Adler Display, and he heads up Adler uh, following in his father's footsteps. We've been talking about one of their most iconic projects, the Enchanted Forest. You also mentioned that you guys worked on Frontier Town. People might be familiar with that one. Yes. Um, do you want to just kind of mention it for people who are listening and what's what's the current status of Frontier Town? Actually, Frontier Town was built a few years afterwards and uh, it's still up and running today. Um, it's been up for over 50 years and it's funny, I went there a few years ago and uh, it looks exactly as I remember it as a child and uh, still they haven't solved the uh the train getting robbed every day at uh, at ten and two, or <laughs> and there's a gunfight in the in the in the street, in the saloon with uh, the dancers. It's uh, I think everything is I remember as it was in the fifties. Uh, yeah, it's a real it's a, it's a, it's a sort of a almost a time capsule there. So, what else did? Did your dad work on other, you know, how did the, what, how did the company kind of change? And then you came in when, and what do you guys work on now? Well, I remember as a kid in, um, in high school and even before that, I used to come in and uh, one of the great projects we had was working, we were the first company sub, um, 
subcontracted to from Disney. Um, we created uh, the Snow White House and for for um, holiday time at different department stores. I mean, at different uh, malls, we would uh, create Christmas displays. The kids would, of course, come into that um, everywhere from uh, the Small World exhibit to uh, Main Street and uh, Snow White's house and the Seven Dwarfs. And I remember as a as a kid, friends of mine um, in in school would come in on Saturdays with me. And matter of fact, I, it's funny, I ran into a, uh, a high school friend um, at the airport the other day. And uh, he first thing he said to me is he remembers as a kid coming in and helping with uh, Snow White's house. Um, so we have great memories of, of working on projects. And when did you start working with Adler? And, and, and what do you give us a sense for sort of the scale and scope of your work today? Sure. Well, I worked like I said, I worked there since I could walk. And then uh, I went to the Maryland Institute College of Art and Parsons School of Design and came back and uh, worked in the business since then. So I officially took took over in 1986 as president. Wow. So you've been running it for 36 years? Yeah. Is it 86? Yeah. So, um, and, um, and fortunately had a great... Um, relationship with my father we got to work together for many years before he passed so that was very special um but today we uh we're in baltimore county haven't moved too far um and uh in a nice quiet industrial park with uh, a very um contemporary uh building and we create we have a full woodworking shop and um, a team of designers as well as uh, large format printing, wall murals, and and custom displays. We do work for hospitals and schools, history walls, and uh, donor recognition displays. Um, Are there projects here in Maryland or, or around the country that um, you would uh, you would people would be familiar with? Yeah, um, actually, one thing we just finished up was for the uh, U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis. Um, we did for the uh, football facility um, a display about um, in the Belichick Library um, talking about the, the football team and our history and our iconic images of uh, and our logo um, on the wall. And uh, that's that's been a great project for us. As well as um, Paraxis, who makes uh, games, um, video games um, in Baltimore County. They're located in Baltimore County in uh, in Hunt Valley, and uh, we created again a history display, history displays of the of their company and all the games uh, again in three D coming to life. Very um, cool. So. Well, we have links in the show notes if people are looking to get a display put together or have an idea right. and want to see it fabricated, um, and they can get in touch with you. Last question we ask everyone, um, beyond the Enchanted Forest, what's your favorite historic place or site? It can be anywhere. Oh, gosh. Um, I've always loved Fort McHenry, I would say. And I remember, yeah, I remember as a kid, always going there for field trips and uh, going there with my parents and learning about our history, the Star Spangled Banner, definitely one of my favorite spots. 
Well, this is great and so interesting and, and kind of connects the dots between that previous episode we did where we talked about saving it. And now we know the story of who put it all together um, and how he got his start lettering uh, World War II bombers and airplanes. Um, and yeah. a, a great connection there. So, Ron, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, look forward to seeing you out in the field and seeing your displays around the, around the state. Great, Dave. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's story, head over to PreserveCast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes. Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation, and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening and keep on preserving.